This is Radio Health Journal. I'm Nancy Benson. This week, doctors who don't listen to their patients. More often, the physician was very focused on entering data into the computer and would say, well, you know, I'm sorry to hear that. Do you have any allergies? And just kind of miss these important comments that patients would make. The importance of listening to patients when Radio Health Journal returns. If you're one of the nearly 30 million Americans with diabetes that regularly test their blood sugar, you rely on your meter to help you and your healthcare professional detect high and low blood sugar and make therapy and lifestyle adjustments. Now the new OneTouch Vario Flex Meter with ColorSure technology takes the guesswork out of interpreting results. Endocrinologist Dr. Jeremy Pettis explains. Many people with diabetes have difficulty making sense of their blood sugar results. The OneTouch Vario Flex meter has a simple color range indicator that uses blue, green, and red to instantly tell you when your readings are low, in range, or high. And for patients who want additional insights and information, the meter connects wirelessly with the OneTouch Reveal mobile app on iOS and Android devices. Simple, accurate, and easy to use, the OneTouch Vario Flex meter is available now with an estimated price of under $20. OneTouch is the brand most recommended by endocrinologists and primary care physicians. To learn more, visit OneTouch.com. We all want to feel listened to, especially when it comes to talking with our doctor. But new research shows that more than half of all physicians in the United States don't listen carefully enough to their patients. And the result? care plans that don't work and higher health care costs. The kind of thing that we saw a lot was that a patient would say something that really needed to be explored. Like a patient might say, you know, doc, it's been really tough since I've lost my job and my asthma is out of control. And when that kind of comment is made, what you'd like the doctor to say is, well, you know, gosh, tell me about that. Are you having trouble paying for your medicine or, you know, whatever. And sometimes we heard that, but more often the physician was very focused on entering data into the computer and would say, well, you know, I'm sorry to hear that. Do you have any allergies? And just kind of miss these important comments that patients would make that were often critical to getting the care plan right. That's Dr. Saul Jeremy Weiner, professor of medicine, pediatrics, and medical education at the University of Illinois, staff physician at Jesse Brown VA Medical Center, and co-author of the new book, Listening for What Matters, Avoiding Contextual Errors in Healthcare. The problem with that is that patients will often walk out with a care plan that is just not likely to be effective for them. At its worst, what it suggests is that physicians kind of have a very narrow focus. They're focusing on the narrow biomedical things that they need to do for a patient, but not looking at the larger picture, which is, as a person, what does this person need? What can I do that's really going to help them? Weiner has been teaching medical students for over 15 years, and he's noticed that while young doctors are very good at the science of medicine, they often miss the larger picture, the context of care. For example, one of Weiner's residents who had interviewed a patient preparing for bariatric surgery. The resident reported to Weiner that she's good to go. She's got all the indications to have surgery. She's tried other ways of losing weight. You know, she's looking forward to taking better care of her son, you know, once her weight's down and so forth. I said, well, you know, what's wrong with her son? And the doctor said, well, I don't know. Son's not the patient. So Weiner himself went in and talked with the patient. I asked this woman, you know, gosh, I understand you have an ill son. What's going on? And what she told me was that her son was dying of muscular dystrophy. He was in his 20s. She was responsible for taking care of him and had to lift him and bathe him and 
she felt that if she could get off some weight, she'd be in better shape to do that. But what she didn't realize is that for over a month after the surgery, she wouldn't be able to do anything because she would have a big abdominal wound. And if she actually tried to lift her son, she could tear open that wound. And when we talked about that, she realized that the surgery was absolutely the wrong thing for her at this time. What I realized from that particular case, and it was one of many, is that it can sound perfect. It can sound like you're giving the person the right care. But once you delve into what's going on in that person's life, it all of a sudden may look like absolutely the wrong care. Wiener's co-author is Dr. Alan Schwartz, Michael Reese Endowed Professor of Medical Education at the University of Illinois, Chicago. The pair's research focuses on what happens when doctors don't take patients' circumstances into consideration. I think some of the implications of our research are alarming, even to us. I should say, you know, the medical care in the United States is very good. And on average, patients get a lot of very good care. The problem comes when you try to distinguish the average care from this patient and their particular life and their particular needs. Is that physician taking those things into account and providing care that will actually work for this patient? Because unless you ask about these things and discover that this patient's life circumstances require something particular and personalized, you assume that they're like most patients. You go on and you do what you would do for most patients, and you walk away feeling like you've done a great job, your chart looks right, and the patient doesn't get any better. What we've shown in our research is we've followed patients for up to nine months after audio recording visits, and we've shown that when the doctor addresses these life issues, the patient actually has a better outcome. We've also shown that when these issues are missed and the care plan is just sort of biomedically correct but not right for that patient, healthcare costs are higher because the doctor tends to order a lot of unnecessary tests when he or she isn't really sure what's going on. So, you know, if your patient's asthma is getting worse and you don't know that it's because they can't afford their medicine, you are probably going to add on more medicines. You're probably going to order pulmonary function tests and all kinds of other tests. And we've seen that. We've seen it many times, and we've recorded that and studied it. So I think this is an issue not just of quality, but also of health care costs. Wiener says that unlike medical errors, such as prescribing the wrong drug or dosage, contextual errors are detected by tracking what's said during a patient's doctor visit. For their study, Wiener and Schwartz recruited undercover actors to pose as patients and then recorded each visit. They found that more than half of the physicians they recorded missed the contextual red flags the actors were trained to drop into the conversation. Those doctors just plowed on, sitting at their computers taking biomedical details. Wiener says this failure to pick up contextual cues is a quality issue. And the way to address it, he says, is really no different than what the retail world employs to uncover quality issues in customer care. There are two approaches. One is you have a mystery shop program in healthcare. Right now, mystery shoppers go into department stores and hotels and restaurants to assess the performance of staff, and that's used to provide feedback. In healthcare, you could also send in what we do, unannounced standardized patients, who will collect data on the performance of physicians, and then that's used never in a punitive way. It's used as a form of quality quality improvements. You provide data back to physicians. And by the way, you can collect data on lots of things when you send in unannounced standardized patients. That's just a fancy term for mystery shopper, mystery patients in healthcare. But the reason we call them unannounced standardized is because they're more trained. They do the same thing at every visit. They collect data. They know how to assess what's going on in the healthcare visit. That's a very powerful way of identifying problems in healthcare that you can only know about if you're actually observing the doctor during the visit. Schwartz says this mystery shopper kind of approach to addressing quality is very new to healthcare, 
and that so far the doctors participating in the program are grateful for it. In our research and quality improvement projects, the response by the physicians who've been involved and most of the other clinical personnel has been very positive. People do get into medicine because they want to take care of people. It is a healing profession. Giving them feedback on how they are or aren't doing a great job at taking care of their patients is something that many physicians really greatly value. We think that we're on to something because we've done the best job we can of rigorously studying this problem using a variety of methods and a variety of angles, and they all seem to be pointing to the same answer. Once we train people to listen to these audio recordings, there's 90% agreement about whether the care was contextualized or not, regardless of who listens to the audio recordings. So it's very measurable. And so what I would say is we've simply taken a key part of patient-centered care and turned it into something that everyone can agree on that's very measurable and also that actually predicts how the patient will do. However, in order to implement these changes and incorporate them into standard practice, Wiener and Schwartz say the entire healthcare community, including patients, need to talk about the importance and implications of contextual care. Can it really improve patient outcomes and lower healthcare costs? Schwartz says the only way to find out is to give it a try. You can learn more about our guests, Dr. Saul Jeremy Wiener and Dr. Alan Schwartz, and their book, Listening for What Matters, by visiting our website at radiohealthjournal.net. Our writer-producer this week is Polly Hansen. I'm Nancy Benson. Radio Health Journal returns with medical notes in just a moment. A new survey shows a staggering number of family and friends of people with Alzheimer's disease are jeopardizing their own family's health and financial stability. According to the Alzheimer's Association 2016 Alzheimer's Disease Facts and Figures Report, nearly half of care contributors have to cut back on their own expenses and basic needs, such as food and medical care. Beth Kallmeyer is Vice President of Constituent Services for the Alzheimer's Association. Very few people are prepared for the high cost of dementia-related care. More than one-third of care contributors experience significant lost income due to caregiving demands. For example, they must cut back on their own expenses, including basic necessities like food, transportation, and medical care. Kallmeyer says families need to proactively plan for the financial impact of Alzheimer's and dementia. Planning tips and more about the 2016 Facts and Figures report are available at ALZ.org. medical notes this week. We've heard a lot the last few years about how a glass of wine can help protect against heart disease, but a new study presented to the American Heart Association shows that it doesn't happen right away. In fact, drinking increases the risk of a heart attack or stroke immediately afterwards. The protection comes one day later and only for moderate drinkers. The type of alcohol consumed makes a difference too. The immediate risk of drinking is higher among those consuming whiskey, gin, and vodka than those who drink beer or wine. Yet another drink that's good for you is green tea. It's known as a powerful antioxidant, but a new study in the American Journal of Pathology finds that consuming an iron-rich meal or iron supplements could cancel out green tea's benefits. Researchers say the main beneficial compound in green tea binds to iron, so to get green tea's antioxidant effects, don't eat red meat or dark greens such as kale and spinach at the same time. And finally, if you want to make your free time more fun, don't schedule your plans. A study in the Journal of Marketing Research shows that scheduling a specific time for leisure activities makes it feel a lot more like a chore 
robbing fun of both anticipation and enjoyment. However, scientists think they found a sweet spot, assigning activities simply in the morning, afternoon, or evening, and being flexible so it doesn't feel like work. And that's Medical Notes this week. More in a moment. Thank you for listening to Radio Health Journal, a production of MediaTracks Communications. If you enjoyed this week's show, please leave a review on iTunes or share it with a friend. You can find more Radio Health Journal stories about health, science, and technology on iTunes, Stitcher, and at RadioHealthJournal.net.